Hey everyone, it's me, Kami Jace, and I'm here today with... Hey guys, I'm Hans. Um, I do a lot of stuff in the esports realm, and uh, I, I actually work here with Kami Jace on some writing stuff that we do together. It's pretty great. Pretty great. And today is October 28th, and today we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, there's been a lot of gaming news lately, but before we jump into that, uh, Hans, how have you been? I'm doing pretty fantastic. Good. Uh, I've, been I've been playing a lot of uh, Super Mario Odyssey recently because it came out just yesterday. It's been pretty good fun. Good, good. Uh, I've actually been wishing I could play that because it looks like a lot of fun. And I'm sad I don't have a Switch. <laughs> yeah. I actually just got to the Sand World, which is like the, the second main world. Nice. And uh, just before this... this podcast i actually walked into the shop and apparently you can buy a pair of mario's underwear uh, which is pretty great uh, what <laughs> yeah that's that's left me speechless <laughs> what like what do you do with them does it have like a i'm not entirely sure there's a lot of different like costumes you can wear for like different occasions i'm not entirely sure yet that's... I've, I've just got to buying like my first outfit so that's wild we'll that's so wild um, that's, I want to play so bad, but <laughs> moving on, um, I've been playing Destiny 2, and, uh, of course I play on PC because I don't have any consoles, um, and it looks like the PC version's been having some trouble, um, Destiny 2 players have been banned from the PC version on its very first day of being out, and, uh, Bungie's been working on some ways to make it right by players who have been banned in error. Uh, since Bungie, uh, Bungie rather, has been cracking down on third-party software that gives other players an advantage, it seems they've also been uh, mildly cracking down on people who are using streaming. Not to say that they're doing it on purpose, it just seems like the software is kind of janky at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I see that it says something about like people using like overlays to see like FPS and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been like not in my mind like a big cheating issue and I see that they have been unbanning some of those people. But definitely people who have been manipulating the software kinda kinda sucks because it happens a lot on PC and we wanna keep the games competitive mm -hmm. and playable. Yeah. Right. Especially for a game like uh, you know, as open worldy as Destiny and uh, you know, they're putting a lot of emphasis on PvP now. Um it doesn't seem like a great idea to let all these people have that third-party software, of course, but there's definitely going to have to be a kind of backtracking on that if they're going to be this wild about it, you know? Like, not to say that it's their fault, I guess. They just need to rework the, uh, you know, the software. Yeah, whatever just algorithm. a little bit better. Yeah, whatever algorithm kind of just, like, checks who's using this software what kind of software it is that's pretty important but you know right it looks like Bungie's doing a good job of making sure that the people who are using like legal software that only provides like not that much of an advantage and just gives like computer specs they're definitely giving yeah. those players their accounts back which is just good on Bungie's part and yeah it means that they're trying to continue to update the software and hopefully like make sure that people don't keep messing with destiny Good job, Bungie. You're good people. Speaking of cheating, though, there's still some pretty rampant cheating in PUBG, but the good news is that they're uh, rolling out a whole lot of new buffs and tests with the entire system. Uh, the Blue Zone has recently got a deadly new buff, and it's it's making the game hard for me. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, it's making the Blue Zone... Uh, damage much more increased so for the first circle you can be as far out as you want and you won't take as much damage but now for anyone stuck out in the blue zone 
the further you are from a safety point, the more damage you will take over time. Yeah, that's definitely pretty tough. Um, I know that a lot of people, like, if they're not making into the zone, they usually are scrambling to try to get into the zone, like running. And yes. it used, used to be not that bad. You can like run and like keep up with it and uh, sort of take a little bit of damage, but enough to kind of like drop down as soon as you get into a safe zone and manage yourself up. I was watching uh, Tyler play yesterday. Uh, I'm not really much of a PUBG player myself, but yeah, you, you pretty much knock out like pretty fast if you're not in a car driving as fast as you can at this point. Oh, that's terrible. It's so hard. I try so hard not to be in uh, those zones, and now that it's going to be like, you're going to die in like five minutes or less if you're in there, then I'm going to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's going to be hard. Definitely. <laughs> I, I definitely do agree with this change though, because like, I, I prefer like the skirmishing in PUBG. I definitely don't prefer like, you know, one guy's running in from out of the blue zone and a guy is like inside the safe zone shooting people that are trying to run in and be safe. That's not really combat that I want to see. I'd rather see like people getting down into it, shooting each other, stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. In addition to the blue zone change, PUBG will be testing vaulting and climbing in the next test server uh, next week. And uh, Brian, Brandon Green, PUBG creator, says that vaulting and climbing will change the dynamic of the game. Yeah, I assume like vaulting and climbing applies for like walls and like windows and buildings and stuff like that. I'd like to see that yes. happen because because it gives you um, more mechanics to play around with your area. Definitely, he said that the uh, vault will need to be up to 2.3 meters high, which is like most walls in that game. Uh, and then you may also need to put your gun away for certain vaults. And also, yeah, you can jump out of windows. So it's going to be like really kind of fluid looking, it seems, and definitely changes up that kind of like, oh gosh, I need to get away from this guy with the shotgun. I'm gonna vault over this wall really quickly and make a break for it. Yeah, and I think it'd be really nice to see like people like vaulting into to houses with open windows, so like kind of search them faster. So you don't always have to right. go through the front door. You can like jump vault into the window and immediately just like start fighting someone that's already inside the house. Yeah, that'll be really cool. So get a good jump on someone who's inside. Yeah, and like, especially like, there are a lot of houses that have like multiple open windows, so you can like kind of like surround a house and then all jump in at the same time. That, that's also another great, great tactic. Team play, my favorite. Yeah. Now let's talk about some um, esports since you are the resident esports man. Oh boy. Oh esports. boy. <laughs> esports is definitely one of my favorite topics. Um, uh, yeah, I've kind of been in the esports realm like, kind of since I'd say like the beginning of college. Um, I went to the University of Delaware, props to them, uh, we're actually doing really well in the TESPA Overwatch League, we're, doing, we're number one right now, we, wow. yeah, we're number one in the East region specifically, and we've knocked, okay. we've given um, George Mason University and Rutgers were like the top two on East region last year, and we are now seeing George Mason's only loss, so I'm pretty proud. This shows how much I know about like what's going on deep within the esports world because I had no idea that colleges were playing right now. Yeah, like, um, I actually played for our Hearthstone team, uh, and I was a sub for the, our Overwatch team when I was still in college. Um, yeah, great, great guys at the University of Delaware. Can't wait to see where the collegiate realm kind of continues into the future. So amazing. This sounds so cool. Well, we have a lot of esports teams joining the Overwatch League now. Yeah, we actually have all of all of the, the teams kind of fully like lined up. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of teams have been kind of getting their team names recently. We have like Dallas Fuel, the Los Angeles Valiant, the San Francisco Shock, and they all kind of get like their own cool skin with it too. Like yeah, like the Shanghai Dragons have like a May skin, you know. And I like how they're kind of putting like you know May is like a Chinese character going to Shanghai. We have right. Tifa, who's a Korean character going to uh, Seoul, which is really cool. Right. Do you think we'll see those in game? Is my question. Ooh, that's a tough. Like repping your favorite team. Um, possibly. I, I definitely would like maybe like after all of the teams are announced, possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely like some of the things that they're announcing with the, the color changes in like competitive spectating. Um, they were saying that like you know so the Shanghai Dragons 
their their team colors are red and yellow because you know Chinese colors. So you actually now have a home color and a away color when you're playing, and the home color is the darker color, and your away color is the lighter color for for in competitive games when the Overwatch League starts. So like right. if Shanghai is is the home team, they'll be playing red, and if they're the away team, they'll be playing yellow. I think that's really cool because this has always been colored in Overwatch, and red and blue aren't like I mean, they're pretty core to like most competitive gaming. But it's, it'll be cool to kind of see like different colors emerge out of each individual side. And definitely, yeah. But I think it will. Blizzard will eventually have to address the issue of color blindness for some of these matches. Very true. Didn't think about that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. So so far, as far as teams are announced and given names, we have the Shanghai Dragons, uh, the Dallas Fuel, San Francisco Shock. Los Angeles Valiant and Sail Destiny, or excuse me, Sail Soul Destiny. Uh, it's the Sail Soul Destiny was Dynasty. It was a. Oh, is it Dynasty? Yeah, it's the Sail Dynasty, and you also missed the Boston Uprising, which was recent as well. Oh, Boston Uprising. I don't know where I got Destiny from, but Dynasty sounds way better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's cool to see like a lot of these different like big sports owners coming into the video game because like um, yeah. the Boston Uprising is actually owned by Robert Kraft and Kraft Group, like the, the owners of the New England Patriots, stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, and then the Philadelphia team, the, the team name isn't announced, but they're actually owned by Comcast, which was interesting to me. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Can't wait to see like what comes out of that because I'm not sure how Comcast will handle a whole esports team. Right. Yeah. Um, we also have a bunch of announcements regarding just like the spectator mode that um, Jeff Kaplan recently announced on YouTube. Uh, basically, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, basically, they're doing a lot of changes to make the game a little more watchable. I've noticed well, there have been a lot of issues with like watching Overwatch just because like there's color everywhere, there's bullets flying everywhere, you don't really know what's happening like in in the second unless you're either A playing the game or you're B you've been like really, really into the game for a while. So it's it's a good improvement for spectators that aren't like too into Overwatch, but can like look at the game and see something a little more clarity within the game. They're making kind right. of like a mini map. Which is pretty nice, and yeah, I can't wait to to see it because um, in the video he talks about it a lot, but he, we haven't really gotten any like visual, right? You know, representation of it. So I definitely think we're gonna be good for uh, some people like you who do some coverage for it as well. Yeah, definitely, and it'll be great for casters too. Oh no, definitely. Um, we also have some league announcements, don't we? Oh yeah, so all the 10 teams for the NALCS next year have been fully announced. Oh um, boy. Breaks my heart to see Immortals go, honestly. Immortals yeah. has been a, a pretty great team this past year. Um, and a, a lot of people are pretty mad about that, honestly. And I, I personally was pretty, was pretty stunned a little bit because Immortals you know, just came out of like the... Like they're kind of like the rookie team with the split, and this year they were attending Worlds, mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of rough to see them go. And like Riot's uh, reasoning for that was just being like, hey, they own the you know, like this. I believe it's like the LA, yeah, the LA Overwatch team, and that is like they thought that was a conflict of interest, and that is a bit sad for me mm -hmm. because I'd, I'd rather see like teams in multiple games, you know? Definitely. Like if Immortals, yeah, Cloud9 has an Overwatch team and an LCS team. I think that's like, it's just good promotion of esports in general. And, and having like one major team not play somewhere kind of sucks. Definitely. It also, I mean, in regular sports, dare I say something like that, um, you have multiple teams, not necessarily of the same name, but definitely of the same city. So, it doesn't make sense that Immortals can't do both Overwatch and also oversee a League of Legends team. It's yeah. pretty sad, pretty disheartening. Yeah, we also, yeah, we also have like teams like Cloud9. You know, they have a London Overwatch team, right? But they got in because they've been around for a while, and and it's pretty interesting because we we see a lot of NBA supporters in 
the LCFA, League of Legends World Cup too, because that's right. The, uh, Golden, the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers now both have a League of Legends team. What a world so we live in! <laughs> what do you yeah, have basketball and also League of Legends? It's kind of cool to see like that that top of the line NBA rivalry kind of come into the NALCS. Right. We also have the Houston Rockets, which was a, an odd addition, but who knows? Um, we also saw Team Dignitas, one of like the original LCS teams from like when it first started. They actually got knocked out, which was crazy to me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, so we, for, for the kind of full lineup, we have CounterLogic Gaming, TSM, Cloud9, Team Liquid, Optic Gaming, Echo Fox, the Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, FlyQuest, and the Houston Rockets. Uh, another notable one is the FlyQuest, because they actually recently got relegated out of the original LCS before it became a franchise. So, kind of sucks to see like a lower end team kind of also come back into the league when you have a team like Immortals, who's doing so well, it's dropped out. Right. Like, with this, like from what I was hearing initially with this um, NALCS stuff, the buy-in was pretty high. It was like, like, along with the Overwatch League, both buy-ins for the franchise, and there's multiple million dollars. So, really? Yeah. Um, I, was, I was talking to, I believe, was it? Jason Docton of Anxiety Gaming, and he had told me that CLG's buy-in for the NALCS was at least like three million dollars. Golly. Yeah. So the amount of money coming into these leagues, I can't wait to see what they do with it. That's like my big thing, and I, I hope it's worth multi-million dollars. Where's all that money going? Yeah. So you know, maybe production, maybe you know, casting. Good to see stuff kind of emerging from this. Do you think maybe at some point we'll have like little kids wearing jerseys of their favorite like LCS uh, players oh, yeah. or something like definitely, that? Definitely, definitely. You know, like you're, you're widely um, like going to these websites, you're, you're you can definitely pick up like, these jerseys already. Oh, I've, really? I've been I've been like riding on the subway and I've, I've, like here in New York and I've seen people wearing Cloud Nine jerseys and Cloud Nine T-shirts. And TSM oh, wow, stuff. That's it's pretty amazing. great. That's really yeah. amazing. I can't wait for that to be on like well not that it isn't on espn already but i can't wait for like more espn programming of like here's o- overwatch and the overwatch league blah, blah, blah. yeah definitely <laughs> that's that's definitely going to be part of the investment used to kind of get onto tv um there's also a lot of like crazy companies backing all of these teams now like a couple weeks ago it was announced that uh, madison square garden actually owns the primary share of CLG. So like, it's interesting to see like what these like major venture capitals and major groups will be doing with these with these teams, you know? Right. You know, with the acquisition of like Madison Square Garden, you know, that means we'll see a lot more esports like tournaments and competition here in New York, which is actually really exciting for me. Right, definitely. Man, I... I just hope it comes to like smaller cities because I'm also in New York, but I'm not in like New York City. I'm in yeah. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, but you know, it, it's pretty widespread. You know, we definitely see as esports that like the West Coast or like LA and San Francisco kind of like dominated right now. Right. But but um, you know, we kind of see it emerging in New York. We also kind of see it emerging in Georgia, where like a lot of MLGs and. Um, other big tournaments have been hosted down there, mm-hmm. and um, High Res Studios is down there, and they're doing their um, their High Res Expo there as well, which is kind of like right, right. yeah, which is like their World Championships of like Smite, Paladins, and uh, their new card game Hand of the Gods. Um, I actually read an article recently on HTC saying that uh, Paladins might be a better spectator sport than Overwatch is. I can so see kinda, that. Yeah. So, like, kind of going into this, like, both games are being pretty, like, in their developmental stages. I can't wait to see, like, which team, like, which game kind of edges the other one out. Right. Because a couple, yeah, a couple days ago, Battleborn actually shut down. That's sad, but yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, they, they put out their last patch. The, the servers are still running, but they, they officially said, we're not patching this game anymore. And I remember going to PAX a few years back, and, like, 
the bottom floor of my hotel was actually hosting the Battleborn launch event, and I thought that was really cool. I, I didn't actually end up attending it, but, you know. I remember there being a lot of hype yeah. for it, you know, having, like, a lot of developers and people just go out and talk to the public and be like, we're really excited for this game. We're really, you know, uh, we really think it's going to last and we really think you're going to like it. And now it's been just a few years, yeah. uh, you know, side by side with Overwatch and other games like it. And here it is going, going off. Yeah. Right. So definitely can't wait to see which of the two Paladins or Overwatch kind of dominates the competition. I'm definitely assuming Overwatch, just because of this, this new Spectator patch and the money that was invested into franchising just recently, but, mm -hmm. you know, you never know what will come out of high-res. Yeah, and I mean, simply, I, I always make this argument, just Blizzard's longevity just seems so ingrained with players everywhere. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and the one thing I can think of that might turn the tide is like the quote-unquote toxic community of Overwatch. There's just you know Jeff has to come out and say something about it like almost every week now, where he's like, "You guys have to calm down." Yeah, I think that's like part of like every game though, because like especially since overall gaming, you know, it definitely attracts more of a younger audience than it does like one more quote-unquote like, mature audience. Right. So that, that definitely is a part of it, but you know, we, we all can do our own part of making, you know, gaming a better time, gaming you know, a better community. Definitely. Um, my big, biggest concern right now, though, is that Overwatch isn't really doing that well on Twitch numbers, though. You know, like, right now, even Hearthstone, another competitive game from Blizzard, is edging Overwatch out like, constantly on, on Twitch. Right. So. Hopefully the Spectator patch will help kind of kick it back into gear and kind of have this Overwatch League moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just hope that... I, I really like Overwatch. I just really hope that there can be some kind of give and take from players to be nicer to each other because I'm, a, I'm also a black person. Hi, hello. <laughs> and um, the amount of kids or adults posing as kids that have said the n-word to me both in voice chat and uh in just text chat is exorbitant it is so big like i've never played any game where i've had that used toward me in a derogatory uh derogatory way so many times yeah i could imagine um i think it's, it's partially enabled by the voice chat but I think voice chat is also like a good tool for communicating like in higher levels. You know, I was playing with a couple of my friends earlier this week, and you know, one of my games we were getting flamed because you know the team had three tanks and we were playing in like uh, like a high silver elo, and my friend picked Bastion. And you know what? I think that's a fine pick. You know, you want to shred through these tanks, you want to get this this game kind of moving on the way. But but we had this another player on our team constantly flaming my friend. Like, why are you playing Bastion? We need another tank. We need this. We need this one. Dude, chill. You know, like people can play the champions they want. You know, we're we're all playing a game. You know, we don't have to play. Right. I mean, it's it's better to do you know two tanks, two healers, two DPSs. But in this one case, they have three tanks, and a Bastion is really good here. Yes. You know? So, I, I kind of want to see people kind of like not flaming other people for what they're you know who they are but, but like hey like give constructive criticism on like you know what what i think you should do to make this game a little better or something or like what you could do to like you know for the, the team stuff like that you know more, more competitive talking right. and less less personal things yeah i think people especially in like quick play they confuse the shouting out orders to be competitive talking you know uh when you're on a team you're not barking orders at other people trying to yeah you're trying to help your team win so the way you should be speaking is not necessarily something that should be inflammatory it should be constructive as you said and like you know at least some kind of helpfulness should be there <laughs> Yeah, and I think tone of voice is a big, big yes. thing because, like, most of the time, like, you know, when you're in, when you're in the like full-on action of the game, you're screaming, you're, you know, you're, you're getting hyped, and sometimes that comes off in the Definitely. wrong way. 
and that's you know so like getting getting kind of like the nice side to you you don't have to like always be you know like too hype you know but like hey you know a quick like push to talk hey guys we should group up because a couple of us have died and the healers are yeah. down it's, that's a good I'm, that's a good addition to I've the game I've definitely had some players who were like don't you know try not to trickle in just group up here let's yeah. all go in together who has alt that kind of thing and it's much more helpful than the opposite. <laughs> I definitely agree, and and I, I find myself like friending the people who are using voice chat, right. and, you know, and, and using it seriously. Yeah. So it, it actually helps bring the community together when you're when you're playing well and using the tools that you have. Well. Definitely, definitely. And more uh, esports news. There is talks of Mercy getting another nerf to her resurrection skill. Players and developers yeah. both agree that the healer is just a little too dominant of a choice for a support character. Whether or not that means she will be getting a longer cooldown on Resurrect has yet to be seen. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm personally a Mercy maid right now, so it's a little a little tough to see that news. <laughs> um, but, I, but I definitely do agree that Mercy like even even for her recent nerf was really really powerful you know right like um i definitely agree though with changing it from like the aoe resurrect to a specific like one person resurrect definitely, just because yes. of the fact that like like you, you are a healer you know you your job as a healer shouldn't be to like hey let's stop for a while and hide in this side room and wait for it. my entire team to die and then resurrect everyone you right. know I'd rather see you know you flying around the map doing doing what you need to do, and like some like her ultimate. I really love the chain healing, the chain damage boost. That's really impressive. Yeah, that is. Um, if I had to do it, I was just thinking offhand about it when I read this. If I had to really nerf her, I guess what I'd do is not give whoever I'm resurrecting full health. Maybe do like a half health or something like that. It's interesting. Um, yeah, just so it gives a little more urgency to the player you've resurrected to be like, hey, okay, you're alive, uh, I'm gonna try and heal you, but like, you know, get on it, like, we gotta move. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure about that, just because like, if you, that means like, when you do resurrect, you're getting kind of free ult charge while you're doing that, so, True. yeah, it feels a little, it feels a little odd, but I definitely feel like one of my major things about mercy right now is that like um especially in lower elos it's kind of hard to hit like flying targets you know like you know fair is fine because like she, you always have kind of like her bobbing and like you know that you know she, oh she used shift recently so she's probably going to go come down towards the ground in like the next number of seconds but right. when mercy ults she freeform flying is really really strong it's very difficult to hit yeah I'm, and i play hanzo mostly <laughs> I will admit that, and it is very hard for me for some reason to hit Mercy yeah. at all. And like, if she takes like even like a minor hit, like like one of Reaper's little bullets, she can just dash all the way across the map and like to an, an ally and into safety. Right. You know, and that's that's really strong, especially since you can like also like kind of fly to the top of the map and then dash down to someone who's like on the other side of the fight and who's dead, and you can resurrect them, which is also really not, powerful. Not only that, but her damage buff is insane. It oh, yeah. really disheartens me to lose to a Mercy as Hanzo. I get very sad. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I definitely need to use my pistol more in the ultimate form. I definitely will say that. But uh, I, I've seen a lot of competitive Mercies. It, it's it's a big damage boost in the ultimate form. Yes, it is. So, but I definitely believe that the, the chain healing, the chain damage boost, is a lot more strong. Especially, yeah. like, I feel like Mercy's chain damage boost kind of makes Orisa's ult, like, not that great. Like, I, I look at Orisa's ult now and I'm just like, but Mercy can fly and do the right. same thing. It's you know? the like, same, yeah. but better. Yeah. So, um, there is some criticism around that, I believe. And I, I would like to see Orisa get a little bit of a tweak in her ultimate or, or something different. Because I feel like as a... As like her role as a tank, she could she could use a lot more than just kind of like taking the drum off of her back and throwing it on the ground. Yeah, I agree. I thought that it was kind of weird that they just kind of gave her this kind of teamy 
uh, damage buff thing, but I guess when I thought about it, everyone has, uh, rather all of the uh, tanks have a different kind of crowd control alt, where Orisa's is more like, mm, it's like the group up yeah. kind of thing. Definitely, I agree with that. And it, it kind of. I also think that, sorry, I also think that people kind of use it in a weird spot. I think it's not meant to be used kind of willy-nilly. I think you should really yeah. think about where you are in, rel in relation to the other team and your team members, and then drop it down and just, you know, go to town on the other team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know? um, it, it kind of applies to a lot of ultimates, kind of like Sombras. Like, you know, you don't want a Sombra ult for it when your entire rest of the team is kind of behind you and they can't right. really follow up on it. But... Yeah, definitely. I, I would like to see Arisa get like a little bit of a boss towards spells. Maybe like, maybe her drum is unkillable for, and it just lasts like the duration that it lasts, which right. something something like that. Very, very interesting tank choices. I would like to kind of like add a little bit with the fact that like mm -hmm. the the major buy-in for the Overwatch League was that if if the Overwatch League for some reason tanks Blizzard. Has agreed in like the, the main contracts to kind of like, hey, you know, if the Overwatch League tanks, we're gonna still try to create a competitive game, and when that happens, oh. you get you get first choice like when, oh, when, nice. next, when that game comes around. So that made the Overwatch buy-in kind of a lot right. bigger than the League of Legends franchise buy-in. It was like, um, from, from the numbers that I was hearing, like, like, you know, like I was I was saying League was like around like three to five million. I I, I heard like. I, I definitely heard a 10 million wow. number when I was talking to some people about the Overwatch stuff. So, definitely interested in, in seeing how that's going to play out. I, I understand that Overwatch is kind of a newer game. Definitely. That's why yeah. they need the extra money. You know, it helps that Blizzard is, is kind of publishing more games. You know, we, we hear, you know, Riot. You know, their company's called Riot Games. Right. You know, but their only game is League of Legends. You know, we're not seeing another game from Riot probably at least another five or six years. That's true. Yeah, and then and I remember hearing a couple of, of weeks ago that Trindamere and Mark Merrill, they're they're dropping from like a, a lead role to actually continue to develop games. So hopefully we'll see something from Riot in these oh. next coming years. Yeah, that'll be cool. Do you think it'll be yeah. another uh, like competitive sort of thing? Uh, most likely, just because they kind of have that, that backing of League of Legends. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember seeing like a, like a League of Legends fighting game flying around for a while. Sure. That was like a couple months back. So maybe something like that. We'll see. It's definitely something that is more... It'll take time. Definitely. Do you think uh, Epic Games Paragon might enter the realm of esports at any time? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I definitely remember seeing Paragon and liking the concept of like having FPS mobile mm -hmm. but it kind of I, I feel like it kind of falls in the same realm of smite where right like, yeah you kind of have that third person like, everything's kind of a skill shot because like everything is kind of a skill shot in smite too right so um i think there's definitely more backing in terms of the smite world so um maybe we'll see paragon i, de I definitely think in terms of esports it's a lot more about the investment that goes into the, the culture and you know league of legends is doing well because they've had that investment and like that culture kind of breeding for the last like, five six years mm -hmm. whereas you know overwatch is new parion is nukes and like even like the smite and paladins stuff that's all relatively new right so it also again definitely will take time and it'll we'll, we'll see like i think in like the next like four to five years we'll kind of see which games kind of take the throne of being esports, especially like games like PUBG that's exploding recently. You know, mm -hmm. like you know, it's barely in beta, but you know, we, we even have like a collegiate tournament for PUBG already. Wow, which is that's amazing! Pretty fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to see that uh, someday, especially because I absolutely adore uh, PUBG, like up and down, just. Love everything about it. <laughs> it's a great game, especially like my my major thing about PUBG was that like there were a lot of a lot of different titles that were kind of competing for that for that PUBG throne. Right, you know, that's you know, true. Had H one Z one stuff like that. Yeah, the calling was. Uh, I actually played that for a while, and I really mm -hmm. liked the calling. But then 
it just kind of fell off for some reason. Like, you even see teams like CLG still has an H1Z1 team, so... Wow, that's amazing. We'll, we'll definitely see how, how that kind of pans out over the next couple of years. You know, like, which, which game starts to take over, which game starts to die off. So let's talk a little bit about the Extra Life campaign. People are already starting to gear up for a 24-hour game day with Extra Life. Uh, game day is November 4th, and thousands of players are ready to hit the ground running. Uh, as always, Extra Life and any streamers donate the money that they make to local Children's Miracle Network hospitals and have since raised over $30 million. Yeah, uh, I've actually been doing Extra Life like all throughout college, um, back when I, I helped lead our University of Delaware's competitive gaming club. We did Extra Life every year, and it was pretty fantastic. Um, there were years that we did really, that years we did really well, like, remember like either my sophomore or junior year, I believe we raised like, I want to say like at least $3,000, which was pretty fantastic. That's, yeah, you that's know, awesome. We, we always raised money towards the, um, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia just because it was a nearby hospital. It was a great cause. Um, last year, I personally hit the $1,000 mark myself, and um, you, you get like a, a silver medal when you hit the $1,000 mark, which is pretty great. Oh, that's it's, nice. Yeah, it's hanging in my like room Like just still. on your own. Oh, yeah, that's on, awesome. on my own, yeah. Um, it, it definitely helped to kind of like have you know the events that we had that went along with Extra Life Day. You know, mm -hmm. when, when Extra Life Day came around, we actually kind of had like a LAN party where like people who came either streamed or you could play with other streamers, like the people who were streaming. Like I remember playing Casual Crashers with a little bit with the people that were there, which is pretty great fun. That's cool. Yeah. I so it's it's definitely a great cause. Um, would recommend on November fourth, kind of checking out, checking it out. Usually on Twitch, there's like actually just like a game channel called Extra Life, a bunch of people streaming it, right? A bunch of different organizations. You know, I think even like Rooster Teeth does something for it too. Oh, that's so cool. I love Rooster Teeth. Yeah, definitely got to give give them all a shout out because it's a great cause. Yeah, and a, a twenty four hour stream. I mean, just take a day off work and binge some streamers yeah. that's awesome yeah it's 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 a tough it's a tough 24 hours when i first did the the whole 24 hours um i, I definitely did didn't do a like I, I remember trying to do the full 24 hours but i, I know that i had to shut my stream down just to kind of like move my stuff to the event right and, like set up the event and then tear tear that stuff down because like we would have had to like pay for a custodian to, like maintain uh, right. the building but otherwise yeah it was, it was a pretty great day that's great that's so fantastic. I love when things like that work out. I mean, $30 million is nothing to laugh at, you know? Um, so, other things in gaming news. Microsoft is no longer making the Kinect, which is very sad to me. Um, released in 2010, the Kinect is officially dead. Throughout its inception, they've been uh, through some pretty interesting problems, like not being able to pick up on skin color at first. Uh, though the Kinect was fairly popular among some, it still never really caught on with many gamers or developers. Which is an awful shame because I loved using the Kinect uh, for all those like weird dancing games. I will not lie about that. Yeah, the Kinect, you know, it was, it was a pretty great piece of software. I remember like even at the PAX Easts that I went to, there was also often a stage for like, you know, like, just dance that people would like go and you know, dance on and mm -hmm. sing on and have fun. And it, it's a pretty good like, you know, multiplayer software, but I, I definitely can see the reason why it's dying out. You know, it wasn't like the best thing in terms of like the new software, like hardware for consoles. And VR is definitely taking over that spot where the Kinect is yes. sitting. I was gonna say, I think VR kind of is encroaching upon, well, has encroached upon, uh, you know, where the Kinect is. And I'd even argue that maybe the Kinect was the the paving force for VR because it was at the time the closest thing we really had to inserting yourself into the game. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to see. Um, you know, it, it sucks that the Kinect is dying, but I, I, I could definitely see, you know, Microsoft kind of like picking up something like the Vive or, you know. Right. Jumping in on the yeah. VR game. Um, I was actually watching a 
uh, trailer, not a trailer, a commercial for the uh, Oculus Rift. And I gotta say, I've never wanted VR more than after I watched that commercial. Um, I think my whole thing was that there wasn't a lot of games for it just yet. Even with uh, PlayStation VR, I was like, I wouldn't really get that until I knew that I could play, like, nearly every game with it. But now there's even some indie games coming out for, uh, you know, Steam VR and things like that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I could get in on it. Yeah. Um, even when I went to PAX last year, it was it was pretty great because they actually were demoing the, the new Rick and Morty VR game. It's called Rick. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um... I believe it was, I want to say either Saturday or Sunday, me and my one friend lined up for, like, like lined up early for this, and, like, we mad-dashed to the, like, the Rick and Morty VR line, and we actually, the two people that got cut off, like, they capped the line, and were like, oh, yeah, like, no. and, and we woke up, like, an hour and a half early, we lined up, I was, like, one of the first people in, like, the, the line just to go onto the expo floor, really, oh, no. yeah, it was pretty disappointing, and, and the line took a I'm while, sad. because, like, you know, like especially with VR, it takes there's a lot of setup. You know, you gotta put the whole thing on. You gotta make sure you're a little coordinated. You know, stuff like that. Oh man, that's awful! All those Szechuan sauce fans. Oh, disappointed. Oh god. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we won't go into that too much. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Having like ten to twenty packs of sauce per McDonald's is not the. the best way to do things not the best promotion especially with like i would i would say one of the most popular tv shows out there by far yes yeah Yeah, absolutely i was actually talking to a friend about it last night and i said you know you when you tell your friend you know you really should watch this show it's so great uh blah 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 it's like yeah sure guy whatever but when you start seeing your entire Facebook dashboard just covered in Rick and Morty, yeah, at some point you're kind of like, maybe I should give this a chance, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Rick and Morty is, I would probably say one, one, like, if if not my my favorite TV show out there right now. It is definitely one of the best things Adult Swim has ever done for themselves. <laughs> Um, I'm sad to see season three go. Can't wait for season four, but hopefully it's not a, like a whole year that we we have to wait again. Definitely. Let's end on a kind of disappointing note uh, and talk about NeoGaf. Uh, sexual misconduct allegations have led to a decline at NeoGaf. Users of the ever popular gaming forum have suddenly left over allegations that Tyler Malka the owner of the forums, had involved himself in some form of sexual harassment. This, however, is not the first time that Malka, who goes by Evil Lore on the forum, has been accused of this. According to Waypoint, many of the moderators also quit modding the board in protest. Yeah, I've, I actually never really heard of NeoGAF before this specific controversy, so it's, it kind of sucks that this specific thing is kind of rising alongside of, like, a lot of other, you know, like, we have, like, the Me Too campaign right now on Twitter. So, right. like, every, anything that really involves sexual harassment right now, and, like, obviously, it's extremely inappropriate. Don't get me wrong. But, like, yeah, right now really definitely. is not the best time for stuff like this to kind of come up on you. And it'll definitely hurt, hurt your company, hurt your business, hurt anything you're doing. Yeah, I think that because so many people are coming out and, you know, telling their stories and uh, speaking up against it, you really get this kind of like, oh, well, it'll never happen at such and such Mm -hmm. place. And then like two weeks later, someone comes out and says, hey, guess what happened? And like, especially in like the gaming world, it kind of sucks because like we see a lot of like sexual mistreatment in the gaming world, you know, like especially like it, it even boils down to like ages ago. I remember like. Back in college, I actually took like um, like a like video game like analytics kind of class, and like yeah, like mm-hmm. the Game Boy, like it was specifically targeted for males. All the ads on TV only featured guys. Like there wasn't a single little girl. When yeah, when, when girls, you know, like they everyone has fun with video games. It's not a specific gender. It's not right. a specific race. It's not anything. You know, like gaming is probably like one of my favorite things because it brings so many people together. Yeah, like, Definitely. back in the day, like, even my sisters now, they don't really play video games anymore, but, like, it was a great bonding experience with my, 
my siblings, stuff like that. And it, it kind of sucks to see like any anything like kind of like kicking people out of like the gaming realm. Yeah, and not only kicking them out, but like even in the case of Tyler Malka, who says like you know it's totally false, and suddenly you have like people choosing sides. You know what I mean? It's it's not the kind of inclusivity that most people uh, really ask for in their in their community. Um, you really expect everyone to kind of be on the same page because we're all rallying for. Uh, video games. We're all here for video games, and we're here to talk about video games. And then you have this him versus her, who's right, who's wrong, yeah. uh, type thing going on, and it doesn't help the community yeah, it, at and all. Yeah, it kind of sucks to see people kind of like saying that they're not doing these things when it's pretty clear. Like, if you have multiple allegations against you, it's pretty clear that you're doing it, you know. And denying it only right. a makes it worse for you, or B, it just kind of like puts you in this sketchy zone of like, well, is he lying or is he not? Because like, it's a pretty, pretty big thing to, to call someone out for, you know, sexual abuse, you know? That's, you know, like, I right. don't say it lightly, you know? You see a lot of women, even like now that are coming out, it's like, yeah, I've held this secret in for years because I, I thought it would harm my career. I thought it would harm, you know, this and that. And, it, and like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty big allegation just be like wow like this this guy like broke me or something like that that's that's insane not only that but in the case of Tyler Mokla in uh, particular you know the fact that he's saying that this woman who came against him is lying is kind of hard to believe at least for me um, simply because back in 2012 he did have this one forum post where he was like you know uh, I went to a bar, there was a girl who comes in uh, drunk and wants another drink, and so I'm already drunk and my ability to say no has disappeared. First of all, not an excuse. Secondly, uh, secondly, like, he starts, he goes on and he starts saying, like, uh, she was all over me, and so I decided that I would buy her the drink, but I'm also gonna, you know, grab her butt and make sure that she knows I'm not to be like walked all over on and I'm she's not just gonna get a free drink from me like no 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 no. there's so much wrong with saying that and then to top it all off what really uh puts the whole thing in perspective for me is that he says he's like he doesn't wear a pocket protector you know like what is that supposed to mean you're talking to if you're insinuating that nerds ask for sex or something like that um guess who you're talking to an entire yeah. community who would probably brand themselves as a nerd so it's it's like he's hurting yeah. his own cause heck i've been i've been called a nerd since like my, like my elementary school days I'm, I'm proud to be called a nerd right but like in, in in that exactly situation, you're, you're enabling a, you know, a person who's completely intoxicated, you know, you're, you're taking advantage of the person. You're not, you're not doing, you know, good, you know, maybe, she, you know, but like, right. like I, I even hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, women are dressing this way and they're like asking for it. Like, no, you know, like that's what fashion is. Do you know what fashion is? Right. They're just clothes, like chill, keep your dick in your pants and, and wait right. for the word yes. Like, hold <laughs> exactly when they when they ask for yeah, it exactly. they'll ask for it but otherwise yeah. it's not that's an invitation what, that's what, like relationships are for you know it's not it's not like hey let's just like you know hit off like you know if you if you're hitting on a girl and you know she hits on you back then yeah you know you can keep going on that little you know roller coaster ride but like if one person yeah. is clearly drunk or the like, moment one person like starts like saying no and you you start continuing that's that's the line right don't cross it that is the line don't yeah perfect no better way to say that um it, it and it's again it's really disheartening to hear it you know you hear it going on in the movie industry and in politics even <laughs> um but to hear it going on in the video game community is so disheartening so uh you know just really upsetting um especially when you have especially nowadays when you have this kind of 
strong female lead thing coming around um, in video games. So many video games featuring strong female characters, very well written, strong female characters. Yeah, my my girlfriend, she's she's a big, huge, huge thing for strong female characters, and mm -hmm. I get it. Like, you know, for ages we we've been surrounding like you know we have. Like these buff macho guys, you know, and mm -hmm. like most of the girls that we see featured in video games, you know, they're sexualized like out the window, you know, yeah. through their clothing, through their armor, through like even the voice lines, and like mm -hmm. it's it's good to see like you know just normal strong female characters that aren't just like you know like that you know like the sidekick to someone or someone's like you know. Yeah. Like love interest or something, you know? Strong female characters. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'd argue, and this is just me talking as someone who loves Resident Evil, um, when I first, when we first meet Ada Wong in Resident Evil 2, that was one of my favorite characters overall because sure, she was somewhat sexualized and then later in 4, she was sexualized, but then in six which is arguably a iffy iffy written game um but in six you really see the best of ada i think you really see her strength as this kind of uh, i still don't really know what she is <laughs> i think she's a spy for someone um but like it, it really puts into perspective how much this character goes from being dependent on men to now she's like you know fuck men <laughs> yeah and I, I think there are a lot of games that do it really well like even in overwatch you kind of have like a whole diverse crew right like, females from like zarya who's kind of like your buff you know your bodybuilding female because that people like that exist yeah you know? definitely and then and then yeah and then you go to like tracer who's you know she's a lesbian and that's a great you know representation of, of of things that are happening in the now and like portrayed in gaming and it and brings more inclusivity into games. Right. Nice it's intersectionality pretty, pretty there. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. All right. And I believe we are out of time. David, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come on today. Uh, for those who kind of want to continue checking out our content, uh, me and, me and uh, Kami Jace here, we both write articles for the Electronic Gaming Federation. You can check those out at a uh, media.egfederation.com and otherwise we, we are kind of I, I love the gaming world I can't wait to continue what I'm doing mm -hmm. here at EGF and uh, hopefully we'll see it take off and um, like I, I really like I'm, I'm personally in the field where like if like if gaming is going to continue on this trend it either has to do it really well and explode into the future or it, someone messes up right and it kind of dies yeah and I really, I really want to be the person to kind of make sure that it doesn't mess up. Yep. Know? And I will be here critiquing yeah. you and others along the way. <laughs> of course, of course. Thanks again for having me on. No problem. Can we find you on Twitter or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you can find me um, practically anywhere under the tag Haunts, H-A-U-N-T-Z-E. Uh, I do have a Twitter. It's not as active as it, as it should, should be. be. <laughs> yeah, like I, I remember That's making a Twitter fine. a while ago. I mostly use it for like giveaways and like conventions and sure. stuff like that, but I'm, I'm starting to be more active, I promise. Good. Very good. David Hans Chen, thank you so much for joining me, and we'll see you next time on The Weekly Cooldown.